Hello and welcome back to Delighted Motherhood, a podcast devoted to delighting ourselves in the Lord and enjoying our kids to the glory of God. I'm your host, Kira Nelson. Well, I hope you had just a lovely Memorial Day. Ours was really rainy, actually. I took my kids to the local parade in our area and we got completely soaked, like like it, as if we were in a shower and eventually a boarded ship. But it was still, it was still really fun. And with me, I had my very favorite sweatshirt. This sweatshirt says Mama Bear. And I think in some ways it really describes how I feel about my kids. I love them and I love them fiercely. And I can imagine you're probably also a bit like me. We love our kids so much and we would do anything to protect them. But we live in a world that is broken. The creation literally groans under the weight of sin. And so raising our kids in this world is going to be full of triggers for anxiety, full of things that make us really anxious for our kids. My second favorite sweatshirt says, support wildlife, raise boys. And this is because there are some times when Although I adore my children more than I can express, they are slightly crazy and they can cause me a little bit of frustration and anxiety. Anxiety about keeping them from putting their sticky fingers all over things or just getting them in the car on the way to go to whatever place we're trying to go to. But beyond the comical things like, um, you know, my almost four-year-old running past the room where my toddler is sleeping while he's napping that can cause a certain amount of dread to rise up in my stomach. Um, But beyond the comical things, I think there's also this really weighty reality that our kids are going to grow up with free wills. And as they grow, there's a very good chance that they are going to do things that we can't control and that are going to break our hearts a little bit. And sometimes I get so honestly anxious about this, about not being able to control what happens to my children or what choices they make, that I can almost just feel this panic. And it reminds me a little bit of a C.S. Lewis quote that says, if you love deeply, you're going to get hurt badly, but it's still worth it. So I wanna think well about how to deal with anxiety in motherhood from a Christian perspective because there's a world of difference between how a Christian mom is going to battle anxiety, which she's gonna face all the time, and how a secular mom can address the symptoms of her anxiety. Because anxiety at its root is a spiritual battle. And so a person who doesn't fully understand her creator isn't going to be able to deal with the underlying issues surrounding anxiety in a really meaningful way. So I'm excited for this conversation. Today, we are gonna be talking to Kim Seville. Kim Seville is an incredible resource. She's the lead women's counselor for Frontlines Ministries, which is a soul care organization for missionaries who are active duty. She's also a Dallas Theological Seminary counseling grad. She has five kids of her own whom she homeschools, and she's married to Jason Seville, who is a pastor at the church that I'm a member at, at Delray Baptist Church. And she's generally just a very encouraging person to me. 
So this is going to be a slightly longer conversation than I typically post, but I think this topic in particular merits a little bit more of our consideration and our time because the way that we think about these things that cause us fear, that cause us anxiety, that causes tremors throughout our body, it's really important. And so without further delay, uh, here is a realistic discussion of battling anxiety in motherhood from a Christian perspective with Kim Saville. One of the most common questions is, is anxiety a sin? That's one of the first questions people usually ask. And um, my response to that is, no, I don't think anxiety is always a sin. Um, I think that anxiety is a response um, to things in the world that um, are scary and uh, are potentially scary. It could, it's a physical response in our physical body. It's a way that our heart responds, um, and it's a way that our mind responds. Um, I think anxiety often lives in the imagination. And I do think, though, that the anxiety, much like anger, although although anger is, is not always a sin, right? There's a way to express anger that is, in some sense, holy, uh, righteous anger. Anxiety is similar, though, in that typically when anger comes out of sinful human beings, it comes out of us in a way that is in some way sinful. Um, and anxiety is often this, a similar in that um, where the maybe the, the very root of it may not be uh, may not be sinful, it can it can distort and come out of us as a way that in a way that is distrustful of the Lord um, or is uh, overwhelmed by fear, um, things like that. So I think that while it isn't always a sin and obviously the, the physical effects of, of anxiety, the way that our body is responding are not necessarily sinful. It's a, it points to anxiety points to what is in our hearts. Um, so anxiety is what's happening in our minds. It's pointing to what is in our hearts, which is typically fear. Um, and that fear is a really helpful thing for us to understand as we think through and process, why am I thinking this way? Why am I anxious about this thing? Um, or why am I just feeling this generalized anxiety that doesn't necessarily have a particular um, target, but just feels like this constant thing in my life? Um, so does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. So in thinking about that, so there can be all kinds of different triggers for anxiety, all kinds of different ways that it can manifest itself. So you're, in your experience, Kim, what is the most helpful thing to do to address your anxiety? Or I guess more specifically, how do you think about your anxiety in relation to the Lord? Like, how does your understanding of his sovereignty, mm. of his love for you, mm -hmm. of his kindness, of his mercy, of his mm -hmm. grand plan mm -hmm. of, of salvation, how does having a love for him and really a delight in him mm -hmm. help you to cope with anxiety? And we'll talk specifically about all of the different tools and strategies for that. But I mean more just on a very general in a very general way, how does a right theology help address the very real problem of anxiety? 
That's a great question. So anxiety, as we experience it, I think it the most important thing for us is to recognize the character of the God that we serve. Um, and a person who is anxious um, and fearful, that, that's a really hard place to be. It is really painful to be in, in a position of being very anxious and very afraid. Um, and the good news is that our Savior says that he is gentle and lowly, and he beckons us to come to him. And in fact, the commands that we see throughout Scripture to not be anxious are tied to his very character. So we're called not to be anxious because our God is so great, and our God is so gentle, and our God is so kind that he sees us in our frailty, in our struggle, in our fear, and he says, child, come to me, come to me like a good parent calling their child who is afraid. Come to me. Let me soothe your fears. I'm here. I want to care for you. Um, and there's so many beautiful pictures throughout scripture of, um, of what it looks like for our, our father to do this for us. Um, you know, like a mother bird with the, her chicks under her wing or, um, like we're hidden in the cleft of the rock. Um, you know, just so many beautiful pictures for us throughout scripture of what it really looks like for our father to say, come to me. I see you in your fear. Don't, don't stay over there in your, in your fear and, um, and your sin. Just, just come to me and, um, and let me comfort you and let me remind you about who I am. So I think that the most foundational thing for us in our anxiety is to be reminded, but to remind ourselves and also to be reminded in community uh, we'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but to be reminded in community of who God is, that he is sovereign over all the things that we walk through, that nothing surprises him, that what's going to happen tomorrow is not going to surprise him, um, <clears throat> that he is kind and compassionate and gentle, and that he loves to hear what is on our hearts um, and on our minds. So I think that the most important for me foundation over the years has been the very character of God um, and, and going back over and over again to who is he and how does he respond to me in my anxious state? Is he shaking his finger at me um, and, and saying, why are you doing this again? Or is he saying to me, I see you, child, come here, come here, let me, let me love you, let me hug you, let me um, remind you that with me, um, you are safe. So I think those, um, those, those things are, are really important uh, as we consider what to do with our anxiety and what to, what do we focus our minds on, uh, our mind on when we find it overwhelmed with these fearful, anxious thoughts. Right. And I think that's a really helpful distinction because, Christians and non-Christians struggle with anxiety. Absolutely. And in fact, anxiety is really on the rise in so many societies. Um, definitely the case in the area that we live. Lots and lots of people are dealing with anxiety. But I think something that's really important to notice, it's the difference between how a Christian can deal with anxiety versus a non-Christian. Sure. Because a non-Christian is capable of doing all the things we're just about to talk about. They can do breath exercises. They can try to make lists of things that are helpful and good, which are all really helpful strategies. Mm -hmm. But those things are never going to get at the root. 
because at the root, I think we're anxious because things are out of control, Mm -hmm. right? Like most of the things we're anxious about are real. They're real things. They're, they're really hard, painful things. And when our lives are based off of what I can do and what I can achieve and what I can control, we're always going to be borderline anxious. Mm -hmm. But when we're able to turn and say, no, I am actually a creature that has been created Mm -hmm. by the sovereign God of the universe. And I'm a sinful creature deserving of his judgment, but that he has forgiven me. I think that just completely changes our starting place for dealing with this anxiety. Um, So yeah, I thought it would be really helpful just to kind of discuss that at the very outset, that the most important thing for us to recognize when dealing with dealing with anything, truly anything, is that we are a creature and we are created Mm -hmm. and our creator loves us and he calls us to worship him. Amen. So Kim, kind of going off of that, can you describe a time in your life when you were very anxious and then kind of what you did with that? Sure. Yeah. One of the most anxious periods of my life was when we first moved to Asia and, um, We had at the time a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-month-old baby. Um, And it was just a, it was really a collision course of just culture shock. And um, my husband was in a new job. Our apartment wasn't quite ready. So we were living in a hotel for a period of time. And then there were all kinds of things that, that were real, like you just said, real things that really scared me. Um, You know, in the United States, our debate is when do you turn your, you know, rear facing car seat forward? And in many parts of Asia, you just get in the taxi without not so much as a seatbelt. And um, so there were really hard adjustments to things like that. Um, The air quality was always hard for me. Um, There were just, there were a lot of things like that traffic. Um, And so I, I found myself really, really, really anxious pretty much all the time. And they were things that I couldn't avoid. I, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and look out the window and see that the air was smoggy and I would immediately feel anxious. We would walk out of the door and I would see the traffic and my anxiety would go up. And um, my kids would touch something that looked unclean to me and my heart would start racing. And, um, you know, they would eat too much rice. And I'd read an article about there being arsenic in rice. And so my mind starts spinning with things, you know, about arsenic in the rice, silly things, but, but they, real things, but they real, are real things, they're not silly and that you're right. They're real. Some of it was silly. Some of it was just very real and, um, and compounded by the fact that I was in a new environment and I didn't exactly know really what was dangerous and what wasn't yet. And so there was, there was anxiety over the reality that I I didn't really understand my environment yet. And also anxiety over the fact that I couldn't control a lot of things that a lot of those things that I just mentioned were things completely beyond my control. And so that is a very, um, almost debilitating feeling to feel like you're afraid of something, of the potential for something to happen, and you have no control over it. So yeah, it was really a, not even a daily, but really a moment by moment struggle for me in that season um, to go back to basic questions of, do I believe the Lord is sovereign over my life and over my children's lives? Did Do I believe that he 
has led us to this place and that he is leading us still, um, no matter what happens, uh, do I I believe that he is good? Do I believe that he has good for me and for my children? Um, Do I believe that he is caring for us now in this place that feels so chaotic to me? Um, Those were questions that I really was wrestling with, like I said, moment by moment. Um, And in in that time period, I did try to, there were a few passages of scripture that I anchored myself in. um, And I would repeat them to myself over and over again. Um, There were days where I would just lock myself in the bathroom for a few minutes and just cry and pray and cry and cry and cry and pray. Um, and in an effort to kind of get it all out before the Lord, um, there were pictures that even when my mind, my mind sometimes felt so overwhelmed and still to this day, this is, I feel this way sometimes that when my mind feels so, um, kind of overwhelmed that if I can, if I can focus my mind on a picture of, of, some way that scripture has described who, how God is. Um, so he is the king um, on his throne. He is the lion of Judah. You know, he is the lamb that was slain. If there's something that I can focus my mind on that helps me, um, sometimes a picture can enter in, even in times where it feels like words are even hard to grasp onto, sometimes a picture can help. So um, also physical, I think the physical stimulation is, is an important thing to address because um, not just in that time period, but throughout my life and my motherhood, there have been times where I I, I didn't even know that I was emoting anxiety um, until it, I, I realized I was emoting anxiety after I realized my physical body was anxious. So that was the first thing I recognized. Oh, my body is physically anxious. I, Can you describe that for us? Like, what are some classic signs of anxiety? Oh, yeah. So my chest is tight and my heart is racing. Sometimes I will have like, I'll notice like my my fists are clenched. Uh, my teeth are clenched. Um, my mind feels like it's racing. Um, it's inability to sleep is often those inability to sleep. Absolutely. Um, and I describe it as like often it could be, you know, the generalized anxiety can, can feel like, okay, there's not even one thing that I'm just sitting here mulling over. It's like, I just can't find the off switch. Right. Like, so I think that's an important distinction with anxiety. Sometimes it's, there is something in particular that we are really focused on and struggling with and having trouble letting go of. And there are other times where it just feels like the anxiety is just generalized. And man, my normal operating level of stress right now is just too high. And so, yeah, in those seasons, I have, I've described it to my husband as like, I actually just can't find the off switch. I'm not, I'm not mulling on anything, any in particular. I just can't turn my brain off. Right. Um, And then that sleep deprivation just further, you know, exacerbates, exacerbates the problem. problem. Um, and being a mom is a really stressful job, no matter how you're doing it. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a working mother, you're balancing a lot of expectations. So, you know, as a working mom, you've got your, your job has expectations, your spouse has expectations, your children have expectations. Um, they're just, you know, outside people have expectations of you. And it's, it's a real, it's a lot to manage, as a stay-at-home mom, there's the anxieties over, you know, just 
there's often not very much recognition um, or appreciation. There's often, um, there's obviously no pay. There's not a lot of um, escape. Like it's, it's really, it can be really hard to feel like I, I need a break, but I don't even know how to get one. Um, so there are unique stressors to motherhood, no matter how you slice it, no matter what motherhood looks like for you in this season, there are unique stressors. And then if you add on top of that, um, additional things like um, moving is incredibly stressful um, or living in a culture that's not your own or um, you know, if you're dealing with a really difficult medical diagnosis or learning disabilities or other things like that, there can be some really unique things that I think it's important to recognize, to not gloss over, but to say, okay, this is real. These things are hard. Like you said earlier, this isn't all in my imagination. This is real. And what does it look like for me to acknowledge it? And then... And, and to acknowledge my own anxiety um, and not to gloss over that either, but then to come to a place where I can say, oh, okay, all of this is real, but God is real <laughs> and God is good and God has good for me. Um, and to to be able to rest in that place is, is really think the goal. Yeah, really helpful. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the physical piece. I think it's also important to acknowledge at the outset that we are not starting an equal playing field. Right. Some people are going to be chemically predisposed to deal with anxiety and depression in a way that another person might not. Whereas mm -hmm. most human beings will face some periods of anxiety. Some are going to have a much harder time. And I think it's helpful just to acknowledge that up front. Absolutely. And I do want to say, if that is you, if you feel like you have a degree of anxiety, which is just beyond the normal scope, that I think we would both encourage you to certainly seek um, a counselor mm -hmm. to seek depth, just some more in-depth help with dealing with that. Um, but let's just talk about that physical element for a little bit, Kim. So sometimes for me, when I'm feeling really anxious, even if I know in my brain what is true, mm -hmm. even if I know my brain that the Lord is in control, I have a hard time getting myself to pray yeah. or even getting myself to go outside or sing a song or do any of these sorts of things. What are some tips that you have for you're in the middle of feeling anxious? Maybe you're having kind of a little panic attack. What are some things that you could perhaps physically do to try to address some of the internal turmoil? That's an excellent question. Um, yeah, I think the, I think that when when we're in the moment, when when the moment we're really anxious or we're starting to feel panicked, um, really calming the physical body has to come first. So if we jump to, okay, I want to try to tell my mind what is true, and or or I want to try to search out what's in my heart right now, I really think oftentimes we're kind of <laughs> jumping over. Um, those things are super important and, and really things we want to get to, but I think it can be helpful to stop and recognize, okay, let me call, let me just take a few minutes and try to calm down my physical body. Um, and I, like you said, this is going to look different for, for different people. And so, um, for some people, this may involve things like medication, um, or other things. And if that is you, then I encourage you to just stay on that path um if that's helpful for you um for other kind of more um i guess common anxiety 
I think recognizing things like that your pace of breathing. So if you can take a minute and actually focus on calming your breathing down and getting it deep and regular, um, it's actually going to bring your heart rate down. It's actually going to change the chemical makeup of what's going on in your body. It's going to stop some of the, the things that are firing um, in your brain. It's going to kind of try, it's going to calm some of those things down. Stepping outside into the sunshine, um, feeling the breeze on your face, feeling the grass under your feet. Um, all of those things can be helpful. Um, for some people, music is very helpful. Um, so I think it's it's a little bit of trial and error. Um, you mentioned earlier, we were talking about exercise. Certainly that could be something, sometimes just going for a walk can do wonders at um, getting the physical um, getting the physical body in a better place to be able to think through um, and process kind of what, what was under all of that. Very similar to if we have a conflict, right, with someone close to us, sometimes the best thing to do is to walk away from that conflict for just a minute and to calm down physically, right? It's not always best to just stay there and let's just fight this out. Sometimes the best thing to do is say, you know what? I'm really upset right now. I'm going to take a walk and then I'm going to come back and I want to talk about this. Okay. So it's not running away from it. It's not burying it. It's not pretending like it's not there. It's the very real um, recognition that I, I want to be in a good place to, to do this work of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's similar when we're dealing with our anxiety, how can we get our bodies physically in a good place to then do the work? Kim, all of that is really helpful. I want to chat a little bit now about how we can prepare in advance to deal with anxiety, because sometimes once we're in the moment mm -hmm. and we're feeling a panic attack or our mind is just racing, mm -hmm. it can be really hard to rein it in. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that we can be thoughtful and prepare for this, the struggle of anxiety that's going to come? Mm -hmm. And then what is the part that community would play in that? That's a great question. I think practically speaking, when we see anxiety provoking things coming on the horizon, it can be really helpful to go ahead and, and pick out um, what are our offensive strategies going to be like, um, I'm, I'm going to plan a walk for that day so that I know that I'm outside um, or I'm going to plan something fun to do with my kids or my husband um, on that day, or I'm going to plan a walk with a friend who I know I can process this with and talk through. So I think it's important when we see things coming on the horizon that we can um, we can begin to think through what can I do to be in a good place um, to process that well. Um, I also thought of this passage in 1 Peter. This is 1 Peter um, chapter 5, starting in verse 6. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The things that stick out for me there in that passage, as far as anxiety is concerned, are number one, that our casting our anxiety on God is in a way our 
as humbling ourselves before him. So we humble ourselves before God. One way we do that is by casting our anxieties on him, trusting that he cares for us. Um, and then being sober-minded, being able to stop and ask ourselves, are there things in my life right now that are adding to my anxiety? Are there things that need to be cut out? So, and this could be a good conversation with your spouse. It could be a conversation with your close friends. Are there things you see in my life that you think maybe like making my anxiety worse or provoking me to be anxious? Um, and, and if so, cut those things out at the root, recognize that, um, it's not worth it, you know? So there, there may be news apps on your phone that you feel anxious every time you open it. Um, Facebook may make you anxious. Being around certain other people may make you anxious. Um, being in certain contexts that you can avoid may make you anxious. So there may be things that um, things or or people or places that it could be good to um, to separate yourself from, at least for a season, if you find that it makes it harder to be sober-minded. I just think it's also interesting that Peter here says um, that we're to resist the devil, who is... Um, who is very real and looking for someone to devour, we're to resist him by faith and in community and for a season. Um, so that community piece that you mentioned, I think is so critical here because our faith is strengthened in community, right? When I am weak, I need a brother or sister to come alongside of me and encourage me and remind me of who God is and pray for me and walk with me. Um, and I need people to remind me that my suffering is for a season and that whatever it is that's making me anxious is for a season um, and that this um, is all going to pass away eventually. But um, but in this day, in this day that I'm in today and this thing that I'm facing that's scary, it's real. And I need people to lock arms with um, and to help me see if there when there are areas I need to repent of, because um, certainly there are. There are times when our anxiety um, is just something we need to take before the Lord and we need to repent of um, ways we haven't trusted him or, or ways that we've, we've let fear cloud our vision of who he is. So there, there can be rebuke, uh, very gentle um, and kind um, rebuke. There can be encouragement and prayer all in community. So community is critical for fighting this well. Yeah. So Kim, what if you don't have any friends? What do you do? Mm, join a church. That would be my encouragement. If you don't have any friends, um, find a church near you that, um, or if you're already in a church and you're having trouble making friends there, my encouragement is just to, to press on. Um, it can be so hard, especially in different seasons of life and um, being new to a place is hard. Um, so just press on, look for... Um, Keep looking for those connections, keep being vulnerable, um, and um, yeah, and keep fighting for for friendships where you can really be open and honest about what's going on in your mind and heart because um, they have to be fought for. They don't come easily, but they're so critical to yeah. our health and well-being. Absolutely. I think there's something interesting to just think about societally. We're in an age where we're so connected. You know, you can have so many followers on these social media platforms, but really intimate friendships where you're fully known. No one is fully known, but where you're very well known mm -hmm. and where you very well know someone else, I think you're becoming more and more rare. So I think this is another area where we can be preemptively preparing to do motherhood well, not necessarily just with anxiety, but just with all kinds of different things is to recognize that we are people that were created to be helped mm -hmm. and to be helpers. And so 
if you don't have any friends, one, I just want to say, I grieve with that. I totally track like mm-hmm. loneliness is such a part of the human experience. Um, but I think what I would just encourage courage is all in is to one pray and ask Lord to give us friends mm-hmm. because I think the Lord does open our eyes that, you know, if, we, if we're saying, Lord, I really, really want to have a friend that if we commit that to him, I think he will help us mm-hmm. in those areas. And then another thing that a dear friend of mine does is when she's feeling lonely or anxious or sad, she says, I look for a way to serve. And I don't want to say that to say that we should just gloss over our loneliness or whatever, but I think that can be helpful to say like, I'm feeling this way. So maybe there's someone else that I can come alongside. So Mm -hmm. just all that to say, it is definitely a challenging thing, but it's really critical. I think for fighting this well and for having a right view of ourselves and of the Lord, because we can be corrected by one another. Again, we're people that were created both to help and to be helpers. So Kim, can you talk now about just what you would do if you're feeling anxious? Sure. Um, over the years, one of the most um, common things that I've done in my anxiety is um, is to root myself in the Psalms. Um, there are a couple of Psalms in particular. Uh, I'll give an example of Psalm 22 that have this really beautiful structure um, where we see the writer um, talk about, and um, in this in this scenario, Psalm 22 is the Psalm of David. David really being very open and honest with the Lord about how he's feeling. And then he follows that up with a couple of verses about the truth of who God is. And then he goes back to his feelings and then he goes back to the truth of who God is. So if you look at the Psalm, you really see this beautiful structure of intimacy um, that David is experiencing with the Lord through his honesty and, um, and then the unchanging truth of who God is. So he, he lays it all out there. He doesn't hold anything back. He tells God exactly what he's feeling but he doesn't leave it there. He doesn't stop with his feeling. He he ends with truth and um, and roots himself in it. So that has been a really really helpful helpful thing for me over the years is to um, is to root myself in in the Psalms or in another passage of Scripture. Um, like you said earlier, there are times when that is really hard, and I am so anxious that it's hard for my mind to even focus on the words. Um, or, um, I'm having trouble believing them to be true. Um, and so in those moments, I I mean, to go back to the community piece, it's really when I need to call in, I need to phone a friend. I need to call someone to say, I'm struggling. Here's how I'm struggling. Or I send out a text message to, um, a friend or or a small group of friends. And I say, ladies, please pray for me today. I am, I am really struggling. And I would just be so encouraged to know that you're praying for me. Um, so I think that vulnerability and bringing light into an area where we're struggling is so freeing. And that in and of itself for me at times has lessened my anxiety just to let another person in on how I'm feeling and how I'm struggling or what's going on in my mind, the spiral that I can't seem to stop. Um, So just to simply let another person, another trustworthy person in to what I'm, what I'm struggling with is so huge. Um, so those have been a couple of the things that have been things I've gone back to, uh, over and over again. I also think gratitude, intentional looking around when things, things feel anxious and scary, looking around at 
what is, what do I have to thank God for in this moment? And looking back, get historical for a minute. So I look back and I say, okay, God has cared for me through this and this and this and this. And remember when this was so scary for me and how God provided, um, or God saw me through that. Um, and so, and for other people's lives as well, I find um, biographies really helpful to read biographies of really faithful men and women who've walked through difficult things and trusted the Lord. Do you have one that you could share? Like who's someone that really encourages you? Uh, Elizabeth Elliot really encourages me. Yeah. Um, I love her. Yeah. Amy Carmichael has been a, a great encouragement to me. Um, Hudson Taylor's writings. So I think there have been... Um, I'll add the Corey Ten Boom in the hiding. So place. good. I find really helpful. Yes. So I think um, being encouraged by the lives of others and then just people I know personally, you know, not even not even people's names that lots of people know, but just people I know personally that I can also, oh, remember when, you know, Sarah was going through that hard thing and, and God carried her through that or, you know, um, just being able to look back at my sweet friends and remember um, ways that God cared for them as well encourages me in those moments where I'm I'm tempted to be anxious. So I think getting historical, obviously getting biblical, um, spending some time in prayer with the Lord where I'm being both honest and clinging to the untru- unchanging truth of his character, um, and then making sure that I'm in community with people who are trustworthy and who I know will pray for me has been historically the most, those have been the most important pieces um, for me when I'm, I'm battling this. Yeah. So at the beginning of this episode, I, I mentioned how there's a big difference between Christians dealing with anxiety and those who are not Christians. And at this point in the episode, if you're listening, you're probably at least interested in Christianity, but I do just want to say here that anxiety is rooted in fear. And the scariest thing in the world is not whether or not our children are going to die young, whether someone is going to leave us, whether there are going to be no jobs because of chat GDP. The scariest thing is actually the Lord himself. The Lord is the creator and he is the one who controls everything. And he's the one to whom we have to give an account for our lives. So I just want to kind of remind us of that, that if we aren't in a right relationship with the Lord, we have good reason to be anxious and we have good reason to fear. But if we know that the Lord, the sovereign Lord of the universe has paid for our sins through Jesus Christ, then we ultimately have nothing to fear. It says in the scripture, it says, why do you fear man who can kill the body? You should fear God who has the authority over our body and our soul. But if we know the Lord, the steadfast love of God for those who fear him is as high as the heavens is above the earth. And our transgressions have been removed as far as the East is from the West. And as a father has compassion on his children. So like the way that we adore our kids and want to protect them from everything, that is the way the Lord looks at us. So I say all of that just to say that if you're listening and you don't think that you are in a right relationship with the Lord, my earnest prayer for you, and I think Kim's prayer also, is that you would be rattled by that. 
and that you would seek to know the Lord. And if you go to the show notes, there is an email address for the podcast. You are more than welcome to send an email and we would love to process any of that with you because truly there is real anxiety if we don't know the Lord, because if we are not in a right relationship with him, that means that one day we are going to meet him and we're going to meet him as our judge. But if we've trusted in Jesus as our savior, if we've trusted in him as the one who has paid for our sins in full, then we will meet him as father who welcomes us into his arms. So that's a bit heavy, but I did want to say that at the end to say that our anxiety is rooted in something real. Um, It's rooted in fear, but the ultimate thing to fear is not knowing the Lord rightly. So that was kind of heavy, but Kim, now, um, do you have a fun thing you like to do with your kids? I love to read to my kids. I have always loved it. I love to sit when they were younger. I love to sit with, you know, a basket full of library books and go through them. And now it's um, chapter books like the Wingfeather Saga. And um, so we love to read together and we sometimes will have um, poetry tea time, although ours has gotten less and less classy over the years. Um, Yesterday it was uh, McDonald's fries that I poured out onto a plate and a couple of donuts we had left over. But yeah, I think that that gathering around uh, a good book or a good poem or something is something I've always loved with my kids and something I hope will continue for years and years to come. Yeah, I'm a huge tea time person, Mm -hmm. a huge, huge fan of tea time. There will definitely be an episode just on the joy of tea time at some point, Um, not in the near future. We have some other episodes that are scheduled for the near future, but I do love tea time. Um, Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thank you for all of your wisdom. Thank you for your time tonight. Would you mind ending our time by praying for us that we would lean into the Lord when we are feeling anxious? I would love to. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. We're grateful that you are um, our King and that you are our Savior if we have come to trust you. Um, Father, we pray that now you would help us with our anxiety. God, we are an anxious people. We are a fearful people. And Father, we we confess that there is much in this world to be afraid of. Um, There are real dangers. There are um, real villains. There are real things that make us very scared. And so God, we pray now that you would help us that as we face these things um, day in and day out, God, would you give us courage to run to you? Um, Would you give us strength to trust in you? Would you give us um, help in one another? May we link arms with each other and and spur each other on towards um, love and good works and, and trusting you in any and every situation. Father, would you give us joy in our hearts as we look around and with thankfulness consider all the ways that you've blessed us? Would you help us to repent when when needed, God, as we recognize distrust and um, and, um, and other ugliness in our hearts? God, would you allow us to repent when we need to? And would you help us, we ask, as we are weak and frail um, on our own? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to Delighted Motherhood. 
If you are enjoying this program, would you consider rating, reviewing, and sharing it so that others can be encouraged also? And if there was anything on the program today or in previous episodes that you would like to unpack, or if you have a comment or feedback about some of the topics that we've discussed or a topic that you would like to have discussed, would you reach out to me? You can reach out to me either through email or through Instagram, and I'll link to both of those addresses in the show notes. I'm so blessed by this program. I'm so blessed by all of you tuning in and participating with me. And I'm most of all so thankful to be a Christian, to be loved by a God who is the infinite creator of the ends of the earth, who is perfect, who is so full of splendor and glory, we cannot possibly comprehend him fully. But that although we cannot know him fully, we can know him truly and that he invites us to call him father. So until next time, sisters, I'm praying that we may delight ourselves in the Lord as we delight in the calling that he is giving us. Mm-hmm.